At the risk of alienating or offending any listeners, I enter here the minefield called abortion perspectives. I'm not taking a side. I'm way too ignorant for that. But I am seeking coherency. The rage is on. After the overturn of Roe v. Wade and 50 years of settled law, the federal protection of abortion as a woman's right is now history, and the states have taken up the fight one by one. I admitted in a recent essay that I am not an expert, either by study or experience, but I have been struck by some of the incoherent thinking that is framing the debate. And when it comes to incoherent thinking, I do qualify as an expert. Just ask those who know me. I'm not looking to enter into the public debate, but I could sure use clarification on some of the talking points being used by those who are thrilled with the Roe overturn. I offer several examples of the inscrutable talk that has surfaced in service of the debate. Anti-abortion advocates have always expressed the argument that abortion is a sanctity of life issue, that life begins at conception, and therefore all abortion constitutes murder. But there's a great deal to dissect in that proposition. Does life begin at conception? There are a great many people, including a majority of people in this country, who would argue that conclusion. Neither God nor all the scientists and medical personnel in history have arrived definitively as to the precise beginnings of life. Is it a fetal heartbeat? First viability? Birth? Like most issues in the abortion debate, the answer to that question comes down to a personal belief. What one chooses to believe is shaped by one's own life experiences and personal spirituality, provinces in which policy has no place. Then there's the quandary about the sanctity of whose life? Is it only the fetus who enjoys sanctity? Arguments that dictate how a woman may make personal choices with regard to her own health and well-being seem to ignore all vestiges of her sanctity of life in favor of legal dictate. Sanctity of life is a very real thing, but it is accorded to all human beings. Law should not be directing who is worthy of the notion. And then there's the sanctity of life issue that is most confounding of all. The violent attacks, including murder, upon patients, medical staff, counselors, and any pro-choice supporters erases any rationale to the argument that life is to be protected. Certainly, the number of individuals who subscribe to these extremes is limited. But as a rationale for anyone, it's lunacy. Murder as a means to prevent murder is a non sequitur. There is now a movement among some states to deter women from traveling to other states in order to access an abortion. The logic behind this calls for us to accept the idea that if something is prohibited in one state, it should not be accessed in another state. <laughs> 
If it's wrong in Iowa, it's wrong in every other state, regardless of how that state's laws might read. Really? So the conclusion to be drawn here is that if the speed limit in Iowa is 55 miles per hour, you may not drive any faster than that in next door Minnesota. Or you may not travel from Massachusetts to next door Vermont to use fireworks. You may not travel from Idaho to next door Montana to use cannabis products there because it is not permitted in the potato state. It's quite clear that if this abortion travel ban logic is to be adopted, then behaviors as between states are in for some major overhauls on activities from gambling to the lottery and more. For sheer nonsense, there are few quotes better or worse than that of anti-abortion representative Marty Halverson from the state of Wyoming, who says with a very straight and proper face that, quote, you know, we're not trying to impose our views on anyone, unquote. Hmm. I would swear that this is exactly what the anti-abortion coalition is all about, Marty. And, of course, some of the debate is occurring against a backdrop of political avoidance. While many members of Congress have generally celebrated the Supreme Court decision, they have been reticent to be overly gleeful. It may well be that their excitement is muted because more than 60% of Americans still favor legal abortion. So there are increasingly more legislators who are trying hard not to broadcast how they might feel about any piece of abortion legislation in an effort not to alienate that 60% block of voters. I overheard one elected official from Kansas state that she doesn't even know what her constituents think because I have been so focused on the August 2nd election. Maybe she should ask them. Duplicity is not very attractive and certainly not leadership. I don't presume to have an answer to the conundrum of abortion. The reality is that no one else does either. The entire issue of abortion is gut-wrenchingly difficult just for the individuals involved. Coming to terms with such a personal, existential issue is among the most painful decisions one would ever make. The agony of such a decision likely never goes away. That pain would only be amplified when the decision is being dictated by people you don't know and who have no proximity to you, your station, or your soul. <laughs>